episode 72 on the nine point start with a dream podcast welcome to nine point started with a dream podcast our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey here's your host jacoby gillum hey guys welcome back to the podcast i'm your host as always jacoby gillum this episode we have april and she is the director of this new documentary coming out called after the game her and her co-producer kim are are sharing a story that we may not always hear in sports, you know, stories that can inspire us to, you know, to achieve more to during the game and after the game. And hope you enjoy this episode, whether you're a creator that wants to figure out how to get involved in, in the media world, uh, to how, you know, if you're an athlete that wants to figure out, you know, movement in the game and how to, you know, pursue, how to endure, how to overcome certain things, Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learn a lot about about their film after the game coming up. And if you want to get involved, she gives some ways you can kind of some ways you can take part. So hope you enjoy and let's get to it. So April, the question I everyone that comes on is, when you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger than the goal you wanted to achieve? Yeah, I mean, I think I was like uh, a lot of uh, young. Um, individuals like getting into sports like once I really developed a love for the the game of basketball specifically I mean I did play a number of of, of sports of course uh, growing up but then really basketball just became my personally my go-to um, sport and it helped that I was tall and it it kind of gave me space to to feel um, like not ashamed of being a tall uh, young girl um, at that time but you know I wanted to just I wanted to go play for a great college team and just um, you know, like have a great uh, career and, and a winning team that went and went on uh, to win championships. Now, the idea of having a professional career didn't really exist um, back then at the time, the way that it does uh, now. It, the WNBA, um, you know, there was the ABL before the WNBA, but it was pretty, it was pretty small, not in a lot of markets. Uh, and, you know, you can say the same thing about WNBA right now still today, and I, I hope they expand. But you know, they didn't, um, they didn't actually form and start their first season until I was already, uh, I think I was like a freshman in college at that point, um, at Chapman university. So it wasn't until then I was like, Oh my God, like this is actually like a thing. Like people, you know, like women could actually go and play uh, professional basketball. That, that sounds amazing. So that, you know, of course I became super excited about that idea, but I also knew that I was at such a late stage in my career that that was probably not, not in the, in the cards for me, but which it wasn't, but, uh, but I, I did really enjoy my, my college career and, um, I got a lot out of it and, um, I continue to get a lot out of it today. So, so going back, you said you were, you were taller. So basketball kind of just felt more of a, I guess, was it almost like a way of feeling, I don't know, just kind of comfortable in your own skin? In a sense? Yeah, totally. I, I think, um, I think if you're, if you, a lot of women know that girls can be pretty terrible to each other when they're younger. I'm sure boys can as well. Um, It's more of like a psychological thing, I think, with girls um, versus boys, but that's just my own observation. But yeah, I mean, I I grew really uh, early. I'm six foot now. um, And I was already about 5'11 by the time I was 13 years old. So just imagine being in middle school and you have somebody you know, a young girl who's taller than a lot of the adults, a lot of the teachers in the school. And so it was pretty, it was, it's pretty awkward. And I I'm always very, um, you know, have a lot of empathy for when I see other young girls and you can sort of tell 
young girls that are sort of not comfortable in their body yet. They, you know, may hunch their shoulders and so on and so forth. But I, I always enjoyed basketball even before I had my growth spurt. It was just something we, you know, go, my sister and I would go play at the park and we were pretty competitive kids already. So we would, we played a lot of one-on-one tore each other up um on a number of occasions exactly i think that we were probably the best thing for each other's um basketball careers uh but uh yeah and then just once i you know once i grew and then i was able to actually i could see pretty quickly that obviously that was an advantage for me especially at that age when you know a lot of people aren't super good yet um but just the fact that i could just kind of stand there under the basket somebody tossed me the ball and then I had pretty good hands um, I was never fast but I had pretty good hands around the around the hoop and um, just decided to really develop those skills and use my my size to to my advantage and it it did a world in uh, in terms of just building confidence you know as I'm sure it does for a lot of a lot of folks but that was uh, that was I think a really important piece of my youth and and building confidence growing up who would so who was like your idol when you like watched the game oh gosh uh for women or men i mean i like but i you know most i have to say a lot of time there was more men players obviously so of course i loved you know all the all the greats um growing up in the 80s and 90s so you know michael jordan's kind of piffin i was big i was big uh, steve kerr fan um back then too i always felt like he was underrated uh when he was on the bulls um but yeah i loved uh magic uh i loved larry bird love all those guys um and then on the women's side uh Rebecca Loba, I think, is not that much older than me, but she was in college, and she it was the first time UConn had an undefeated season. I think it was her senior year, uh, and I was just like, "Wow, she's amazing!" And she's a post player, and you know, and I <laughs> wanted to be a post player. So she, I definitely, she was uh, someone that I, um, that I that I idolized as a player and really tried to emulate. Um, I was a big uh, Cheryl Swoops fan. I thought she was amazing, um, and then. Uh, I'd have to say probably Ruthie Bolton um, was another really, really great player that um, when she came to, when the uh, WNB had uh, the Sacramento Monarchs at the time, which is where I grew up, uh, I was super pumped that she was uh, on the Monarchs. But so yeah, you were following, those are some. <laughs> so you were following the ballers. What's like, that? You know, so you were following the, like the real hoopers out there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, it, it wasn't as accessible, you know, back then yeah. um, as it is now and trying to really stay up to date on like all their, you know, whatever great highlights and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people growing up that time, it's like, I don't know, you just, you couldn't miss it. There was such, such incredible basketball. John Stockton too, like, golly, kind of, nobody talks about that guy anymore. Uh, what like an amazing point card. He was like, he was like a, a sleeper, just quietly, just, you know, just killing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. Isn't he like all time assist leader still or something? I don't know. He's, he was an amazing player and like people don't really mention him, but yeah, he was, uh, he was just a, an incredible teammate. He seemed like he too, you know, he was all about giving the attention to Carl Malone, who was a great player as well. And uh, I just sort of gravitated towards that, you know, um, obviously great feats on the basketball court, but also folks who, who looked like they were just really, great teammates and unselfish with the ball probably because I was a post player and <laughs> I started to develop the idea of like give me the ball <laughs> like, like like I need you to ball out so yeah. please, I'm gonna be nice to you I like guards who pass the ball so <laughs> give me the ball <laughs> so, when, so when it came to going to college you chose Chapman what about Chapman was like the university for you yeah I it was a couple things um one it 
uh, had a kind of up and coming film school. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, I just knew it had a film school. And I already knew uh, at that point that I wanted to make films, be involved in video production, just do, do, what, do whatever just related to visual storytelling. And so um, the more I looked into the school and looked into their film department that, at that time, uh, the more excited I became. Uh, coupled with just chatting with the coaches, I just, I feel like we connected um, both the, the head coach and the assistant coach there at the time um, were just, they just seemed like really uh, strong coaches, but also just really good people. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, when you spend that much time uh, with a, with a team or with your sport, you want to be working with people that um, you see yourself developing a relationship with and developing trust uh, with. So, um, they just, uh, I thought they were just, you know, uh, great. And then it worked out to my advantage that Chapman was, especially at that time was, qu was quite a small school. I think it was only, uh, 2,200 undergrad. They've grown considerably now to almost, I don't know, I want to say like three or four times that size. Um, but, uh, again, just, you know, for building confidence and, um, kind of getting comfortable in my own skin for me personally, that was just an experience that um, I think really was beneficial was having that kind of small school uh, approach. I love it. And, and kind of going on that whole, you know, production and video side. So for me in high school, I, I was in like this, this kind of like this kind of, like, kind of like magnet program where we kind of made short films, you know, and we had like a whole kind of news show, everything like that. And I'll the part of that. But for you, at what, at what age do you kind of say like, I really love visual storytelling and the mm -hmm. side of things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, you're, okay, you're going to laugh. Hey, first, that's awesome that your school had that. Um, I think, I think encouraging the arts for anybody, not that they have to make a profession out of it, but just as, as an outlet is, is fantastic for any young person. Uh, but uh, I want to say two films probably stand out to me is just when I saw them, I, w I was like, I want to do this. This looks awesome. Uh, the first one was a smaller film called Fragrant Tomatoes. I just felt like it was just a wonderful little story um, starring uh, Mary Louise Parker, Mary Street Masterson, Kathy Bates, Jessica Tandy. Uh, came out in the early 90s. And then The First Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay. I had read that book and I really liked it. And then when I, once I saw what Steven Spielberg had done uh, with the movie, uh, I was just I was blown away. You know, the technology and the special effects at that point was, you know, nothing had been done like that. And um, so to this day, whatever, if Jurassic Park's, you know, on or whatever special screening of the, of the original one, like I got to go see it. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this movie's, <laughs> this, uh, this movie's amazing. And I'm, you know, still big fan of all the, the, the actors in, in that, that first film. So. So, so, so for, for me, it was almost like an outlet. It was like a way to kind of, even though I had my sport, there was a way I can use it, use like a, a different part of my brain to, I don't know, just kind of express myself for you. Was it almost the same thing when it came to the media and the art like that? Uh, I mean, expressing yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think that I just always gravitated towards storytelling. Um, whether it was like just literally telling you somebody what you what happened for your day or your week or whatever, and just trying to make it kind of entertaining and and uh, you know memorable, I guess, um, for the audience member. So uh, that just this seemed like just the next extension of that with the most broad opportunity 
in terms of like how to convey a story. Yeah, you know, like it's not just about the visuals, it's obviously a big component of it, but also the sound design and, um, you know, the dialogue or the lack of dialogue or um, just so many, just so many elements that go into um, film and TV or, you know, short films, episodic, what, what have you, that uh, I think is just something, you know, obviously um, humans connect to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a booming industry. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's something that I just felt like would seem like a lot of fun and yeah, just feeling like that itch, I guess, to just sort of try and create some stuff. And even when it's really, really hard, because it's, it's definitely much like sports, it's really, really hard most of the time, but you get those moments where, uh, you accomplish something and it just feels uh, incredible, you know, and sometimes it's small and sometimes it's really big and, um, you know, somebody else can enjoy the work that you've, that you've made. It's just, uh, you sort of forget all the other, the garbage that you, you were, you know, putting up with or all the tough things, you know, or all the things that you felt like you were never going to get done. Um, you just kind of focus on, on the wins. On on the outcome at the end. Yeah. The thing you're working towards. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like when you think back to probably your, your, your own like career, probably the things that you think back on most are, well, when did I do well? You know, when did, <laughs> when did I accomplish my goal? When did I get that win? When was I number one or when did I have the best time or, or what have you? Um, and maybe sometimes the hard stuff, but you can sort of reflect on those really positive moments that made it all worth it. Definitely. Definitely. So, so while you were at Chapman, you know, and your playing was, was that always on your mind? Like this, this next chapter, like when, when that, that day the ball stopped dribbling? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that uh, as a young person, I sort of didn't, I knew, I knew it was the reality. I didn't want to accept it. Um, uh, but I, I knew that it was, you know, that it was coming. I wanted to see, I, I actually went and did try to try out to find like an, a sports agent and all type of stuff and learned that there were like a bunch of um, uh folks who were willing to rip off young girls at that time because the WNBA was so new. And so you had all these people like literally who were setting up like bogus uh, camps and things like that to take your money and like no agents were there, but you, you know, whatever uh, you learn the hard way. But uh, um, so, you know, I, so I tried that stuff and, but I did start working right away and, you know, it, it didn't take long to be like, Oh, Hey, you know, I have to pay the bills. I have to, you know, rent a place to live and <laughs> cover all my expenses. I'm on my own now. And, um, and you just start kind of going about and figuring that out and, um, you know, sort of starting, starting your life post, post student athlete. Um, and it's definitely, I think takes an adjustment. Um, some are better at it than others. I think for me, I probably in reflecting back, I probably struggled on struggled with it a little bit more than others. Um, because I just loved the game so much. Um, I did go to work in sports broadcasting uh, initially, uh, with Fox sports and, uh, you know, I thought I was like, oh, this is the best of both worlds. You're not going to be around uh, sports and, um, you know, be working in, in, in the, a field that I really love. And it didn't really quite work out that way. But um, but hey, it was a good it, I think it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> and I don't I don't regret uh, going down that path at all. It was just, you know, it's different when you get into sports as a business. And that's so true. Kind of going on that, like um because because working in sports and playing sports are like 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 night and day yeah right 
I remember like when I, I was in school, I was an intern for the OKC Thunder for like for like a, it, was, it was a sales internship, and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm working for the Thunder. It's gonna be awesome. I, I love sports, mm-hmm. and I realized like, yo, this kind of sucks a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, I was like, it's cool being on the it's cool being being there on game day and all that stuff. I'm like, man, but you aren't playing. It's not it's not the same as when you're just like in a suit and tie, just walking around walking around the arena all day. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I can only imagine like sales be would be really, really tough. Um, that'd be yeah, that would be super tough. So, man, I was in the operations side of things, and so kind of dealing with making sure that all programming got on air on time is it, it was very high stress uh, environment. It, I think it actually the high stress part didn't bother me because I was as a former athlete, I was sort of used to you know games on the line and clocks winding down, and you know that's those type of moments and and being able to keep your calm with that but having everybody else sort of like just frantic or around if anybody's ever worked in I think like either a newsroom or in um sports broadcasting like on the operation side like that they, they know what I'm talking about it's just it's uh it's it's pretty intense you know when you have like five seconds before you're going to block it black if you don't have uh your your show in time and you know going to black for any any tv station is like the worst thing possible that's when people lose their jobs and things like that if they can't if they can't make their deadline because the deadline the deadline like you can't stop the clock you know mm-hmm. your show's at six your show's at six you got to get your you know your share ready and then also dealing with all the live sports and you know adjusting uh your programming because you can't really control what's going to happen in live sports so true true that so for so so i know there's a lot of athletes out there that want to get especially nowadays with the way media and stuff is I want to get in, get into this world as a sports media, right? And they want to get mm-hmm. into the the visual side of the storytelling. So, if you could give, I guess, a piece of advice to either your younger self or an athlete out there that wants to pursue this type of industry, what would you say? Uh, I would say uh, two things. One, uh, go make something, go do it. I think that's when it comes to content creation um, and media. And especially if you want to be a creator. So I guess that's the, that's the baseline I'm starting. I'm assuming that that person wants to be a creative or a creator of some sort, in which case like go, go make some stuff, you know, be willing to just go work for cheap or free just to go get some experience on a professional scale, um, making, making some content, uh, you know, and make it as, as, as good as you could possibly make it. Um, and I think the second thing, don't be afraid. Like I think for, Again, you know, I've already mentioned I was I was a timid um, young person, and and you know, finding my skin through basketball, and it definitely helped me uh, gain a quite a bit of confidence uh, in life. But also, when you transition out of sports, then you're like, oh my god, you start kind of you're like, is it's can I still do these things? I'm pretty sure I can do these things, but you know, you sort of let fear set in, um, or potentially can let it set in um, when it's not really really unnecessary like a lot of times the fear that you have about what people are going to think or what they're going to say and you know sort of just you kind of make it up uh in your own head before you even give something a shot that's why you see a lot of people not even try something you know in the first place they'll just sort of already assume the worst and you know just try it and then yeah the worst somebody says no or no that was terrible um you're like okay well you move on you practice you learn from it and you know you try again so It's a new game, you know, just yeah, like exactly. Exactly. So it's just yeah. Just go. Just try. You know, you you, you gotta you gotta shoot the ball at some point. So 
you're never going to make it if you don't shoot it. I'm going to quote that. <laughs> That's me a snippet in, in, in this episode. <laughs> so, so for you, you took a lot of shots. You know, you were taking shots, and now you're at the point where you're you're doing your your first full length film documentary. Yeah. And how did you, how did you get here? Like, how did you get to the point where you said, "I'm going to go for it yourself"? Yeah, it, it's it's exactly what we were just talking about. I think it's continuing to remind yourself to take those shots and. Um, it it wasn't necessarily that like I, it wasn't fear necessarily that was preventing me from tackling a, a feature length film uh, earlier in my career. Uh, well, maybe it was to extent because there's always like, well, you have to, you know, like how you're going to pay the bills while you're when you're your first film. It's going to be a low budget project, and so you're going to be working really really hard just to kind of. Sc- scrape by with the the minimal amount of money that you need to kind of get that film made. And that's been the case here. Um, But I guess it was just sort of, I'm trying to think like, I I don't know. I think it's, I I don't know. I think it's also just like convergence of things like coming at the right time. Um, I'd been wanting to make a feature film for a while, but I guess I didn't, I didn't really know what story I felt was, the right story to tell at the point. I mean, I had been kind of working on some scripts with my um, co-producer over the last couple of years, um, which we were excited about. They were narrative um, scripts, but nothing. I think that we were both just like, okay, we just sort of got to drop everything and focus on this. Um, and then with, after the game, um, the feature documentary that I'm working on now, that was just really great timing. I think with, with my three subjects that are in the film, were they all within like the span of, I don't know, two, three months were sort of coming at a cross, these various different crossroads in their individual professional careers that was really interesting and all really tied to their own participation in athletics uh, in, I thought, a very kind of obvious way. Um, It's like, oh, okay, well, wait, you know, this is, I think this is the story right here. Um, and so just being like, okay, let's jump on this and, and let's, let's get cracking on it. Um, and so, and again, just going to start taking, taking shots. I've, I've missed a bunch already on this film, um, <laughs> you know, from raising money to, uh, to, to the nitty gritty of like, just you're trying to shoot something and you make a mistake on set, uh, you know, with a technical issue or something like that. Um, but you know, most of that stuff isn't um, going to totally derail the project. So, uh, you just keep going. I need that one, that one win, and everything, everything else doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, I get, I get these little wins every week, um, and they get me really fired up. Uh, I get, you know, I, I could talk about this project um, a lot because <laughs> uh, even though I've been working on it uh, pretty, um, pretty heavily for the last like two years now, um, I'm, I'm still like just as excited about it as I was when. It kind of came, you know, when it surfaced up, we're like, oh, we have a movie here, we think. Um, so um, I'm just as pumped up, probably because I'm, you know, getting kind of closer to the end of getting it uh, wrapped up, being in, in post-production. Um, but uh, I think I think folks are going to be, you know, uh, excited about it. I, I, I hope they will, of course, but I feel pretty good about it. Definitely. So, so, like, so, like, so, so like here, like, like we believe that, like, 
every 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 athlete has a story, right? And so you said, you know, these three women have a story. So, so what about their story? Something that we can all just gravitate towards, just where someone can just li- listen to and say, uh, that, that that helped me with my journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they each they have very specific examples to them. When you know, with the film starts in 1999 when they were student athletes. Uh, and these were my teammates at the time as well. So I, you know, had incredible access. Uh, my, my coaches were very understanding, <laughs> um, thankfully, and just let me film, you know, everything around that season. So, cause at the time I really wanted to highlight just women's athletics in general, cause not, there was nothing really that was really showcasing the kind of the, the work ethic, the competitiveness, you know, the, just the, the, the tenacity that, um, women athletes have. And so that's sort of why I started filming everything at that point. Um, but we get to meet three of these characters uh, at that point, and you sort of see what they're going through at that point. You know, the coach um, is really focused on obviously like getting the team to uh, the NCAA tournament, having a winning season, and 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 making the playoffs. Um, we have a senior who hasn't really had a, a great deal of personal success uh, with the program yet. She's been there four years, or she's entering her fourth year. And she's just trying to rack her brain about like, how do I get more playing time? Like, how can I really prove myself? Because I've been working hard, but like to her, the rewards really aren't paying off yet. And so what is she going to do about that to really kind of get her career off the ground um, the way that she wants to? And then we have this other character who is transferring. She's a junior and she's a transfer uh, uh, from, you know, another, uh, she's a Juco kid um, and trying to find her place on this new team. Like she's not, you know, she's not uh, totally green. She's not a freshman, but she's got some experience, but still she's this new kid on the block coming in and we catch up with them again. Um, so we follow them throughout the season. I won't give away kind of what happens there, but, um, we then catch up with them, uh, and we kind of go back and forth in time to see what they're up to today. And you see the coach kind of like struggling with, um, you know, her kind of life beyond, um, coaching. Um, she's no longer coach. And what is she sort of like her, you know, own identity um, beyond being a coach. And also, by the way, she's also one of, uh, she's a former athlete herself and uh, one of uh, UCLA's top 15 greatest women basketball players of all time. So she's had like her own storied career around, uh, around basketball. And uh, our senior, you know, she is, uh, you know, she's grown. She has runs her own business. She's actually trying to get another second business off the ground. So sort of much like as, uh, when she was in school, like how is she going to get her career really off the ground? How is she getting this business off the ground? Um, and it's sort of like a new business sort of like out of her um, immediate expertise. And so trying to figure that out. And then our junior transfer, she's been at the same company now, you know, present day for like 15 plus years. Uh, and she, for the first time is contemplating uh, leaving that company and kind of again, being the new kid on the block all over again, someplace else. And, when you talk about all them, like they can't help, like they're just, you know, always an athlete, right. They mm-hmm. can't help, but just draw back to their experiences. And I'm, they're not even necessarily doing it <laughs> purpose because, I'm, you know, I'm kind of talking to them about it and, and filming them. It's just sort of the way that they, they think, because it's, yeah. I think much like me, it's just ingrained in you. And like, how do you, how are you going to deal with these challenges? What am I going to do? You know? Okay. It's sort of like, let me, you know, draw an analogy of like, okay, if I'm going to be a new kid on the block, then it's sort of like, I'm just, I got a new, defense to read and I got to learn how to read that defense, you know, it's the same thing in the corporate world. So, um, so that's just sort of like the, that's, uh, 
an extended <laughs> summary of, of sort of what these characters are facing in the film and, and viewers get to sort of follow along and see, you know, not only what happens to them in 1999 uh, as athletes and, and what happened to their careers in their, their season, but also as adults and how these very similar professional challenges, you know, even though they're not related to the sport anymore, um, they're still able to use kind of what they took, you know, and learned as athletes to these professional challenges today and, and, and see what kind of comes of it. That's cool. Like, 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 ad, like, as you were describing it, I kind of saw how, how moms can bring their daughters and, and, and they can both relate to the story, you know, like whether, you know, there's a young daughter that's first starting to get into the game and I'm in a mom that's now, you know, wanting to, you know, venture outside of, you know, that, retired athlete life you know so i think that's kind of cool how you're kind of you're hitting all the segments of the of the athlete life from yeah. the beginning to the end yeah I, I i i hope so and and i mean i think ultimately a goal that i have with this film is that it's uh, it's sharing you know sharing a positive message about the benefits of uh, athletics and and sports participation for for young folks um but also for parents and coaches today to maybe kind of rethink how this kind of kid in sports industrial complex has gotten to the place that it has today. Um, you know what I mean? Like I call it industrial complex because I feel like it's just like this sort of behemoth now um, for, for young folks, like just in terms of talking to other people and kind of seeing it, you know, just firsthand with other folks. And, you know, kids have a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're starting sports earlier and earlier. Um, I just talked to a parent um, a couple weeks ago, and, and they said they got their kid involved in uh, his sport, I think, when he was uh, eight. And, you know, he's, he's, he's now like a teenager, and he's doing really well. But they felt so bad at the time because they felt like he was behind. I think he's like 14 or something like that now. But he's doing really well. But, you know, he caught up. But they, they had so much guilt about like, oh my God, we should have started when he was five. And, you know, we just messed up his career chances and things like that. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, it was just sort of sad to hear like that's what parents are getting stressed out doing. It's like, and now, you know, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the ESPN and, and the Aspen in, uh, Institute's uh, campaign right now, their hashtag don't retire kids, it's a really clever campaign and something I'm super um, happy that they're doing. And to raise awareness to kids kind of dropping out um, really early and not really giving sports a chance. And, you know, sports won't be for everybody, but it sure can do a lot of good for a lot of young kids. And just, it's just in different ways than what they think. And that's what I hope that this film does that, you know, there's, I, I never really had an interest necessarily in doing like a documentary on like a sports superstar and like how they got to their elite. I mean, there's plenty about that, plenty of that type of content and those stories out there already. And then obviously I don't have anything against them, um, but I wanted to show this other side that we can all connect to that, that we yeah. can all, we can, we can all touch. Yeah, exactly. That is very tangible for anybody. Like you don't have to be the cream of the crop, crop you know, of your mm-hmm. athletic class, um, to engage in sports. Like if kids are dropping out cause they're like, Oh my God, I'm not the best or I'm not getting enough playing time. And they're 12. It's like, you're 12. Like, yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you should just be having fun and just sort of getting familiar, you know, and comfortable in your body and just kind of, you know, letting yourself figure stuff out and figure out what support you like, um, rather than trying to specialize when you're 10, you know, like, I mean, these are all just obviously my opinions. I'm not a you know certified <laughs> sports psychologist or anything like that. Um, but just as, you know, having 
I, I, my own experiences and just knowing countless uh, men and women who are former athletes um, who, you know, I've never heard a former athlete tell me like, Oh, I wish I didn't play sports. You know, if anything, it's like, I'm sure you found this, like sometimes you meet, um, you know, later in life and I don't know, you're, you, you meet a peer at work or something like that, or another colleague that you're, you know, going to collaborate with on a project. And once you find out that you're both like former college athletes, it's like, Oh, it's like a little bond. You're like, Oh, what did you do? Like, how'd you do? What schools did you go to? Blah, blah, blah. It's like this little like kind of connective yeah. tissue automatically just stitched together really quickly. That same um, language. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's pretty, a pretty cool, unique thing, but you know, I think if, 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 uh, if parents and, you know, teen, teenagers and um, coaches can sort of remember that it's about, you know, athletics and sports is all about these, all these other things in life too. It's like the goal does not have to be to just go pro or to get a scholarship or to, you know, go to the Olympics, depending on your sport. It, it's to build all these other uh, skill sets that are going to really serve you uh, really well later in life, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm with you with that hundred percent because because like I realized that from 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 the two years now with nine point is that and if my own experience that when 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 you're not the highest ranked athlete and you see on social media you see on ESPN you see on these other you know media outlets that are sports and you see all these other athletes that are getting all this hype and and, and you're not getting anything you're like am I good enough mm-hmm. and and really it just sometimes you're good enough and just you just aren't being seen at that moment. You know, it isn't mm-hmm. your time yet. And I think, you know, having a, having a film like yours, it's going to hope, I, I, me personally, selfishly, I, I hope your film hope and, and inspires athletes to know that just like you were saying, like the journey doesn't have to be the, the ultimate end result of the championship or the mm-hmm. pro, but it can be the moments and the memories you make. They can always look back on. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I mean, even I think this doesn't get talked about a lot, but uh, I think one of the most surprising pieces um, that are benefits of uh, athletics, uh, especially at the college level is the network. Yes. There's like, is there a relationship with the friendships? I mean, I'm, you know, uh, good friends with several of my own teammates, you know, I know pretty much all of them still keep in contact with them. Um, but a lot of these women, uh, do business together, you know, like they have their various kind of, uh, professional lives and where there's overlap with other former teammates, or maybe it's not just a former teammate, but it's like, Oh, maybe they were a basketball player, but they knew a soccer player, you know? And because when in college, like a lot of athletes hang out and party together and all that stuff. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they, 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 uh, yeah, they just, they, they do a lot of business together. Um, and so it's, there's a lot, there's actually a financial reward um, long-term for some of these relationships, you know, like I would caution and say that shouldn't be somebody's like first objective is to go into sports and be like, Oh, I'm going to build this network so that, you know, I have financial rewards <laughs> in the future. Like you, it starts with the relationship um, of course, but uh, I just thought that was really interesting. And, and actually, you know, one of the characters in the film, um, she was actually in a sorority uh, during college as well. And, you know, I was talking to her about that and she was like, you know, what's crazy is that, you know, like my career in athletics has far uh, more benefited her business and her professional life um, from a financial standpoint 
um, than her sorority ever did. And she's like, I've gotten way more contacts in business out of that kind of athlete network uh, than I ever did out of my sorority network. And she's like, and I pay to be in my sorority. <laughs> she's like, so go figure. You know, none that I'm sure not everybody's Greek experience, um, but that was just that was hers, um, and she and she did enjoy it. But it was just sort of interesting since that's something that you know that the Greek system I think really promotes is that kind of long term networking opportunity. And um, you know, and just for her personally, it really was the athlete network that um, just really reaped a lot of the rewards for her. It it it's the community, and so so kind of going on that, you know. When, 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 when this film launches and you know, and it, and it does everything that it's going to do, what, 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 where do you hope to to go for yourself as a, as a creator once this thing launches? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, definitely for the, the my my life will still be tied up in this film in a pretty significant way over the next year, um, as we complete it, you know, start the festival route, and then really get kicking on um, community screenings across the country. Um, that's something that I really believe in is just sort of getting as a way to really get it in front of people, like not just, you know, put it in the festival circuit, but also do community screenings so that those families can come and, and, and watch the film together. Um, but I th- think as I start to get a little breathing room, I'll start looking for like my next creative project. So is there another, you know, a story that is feature length? Is it a documentary? Is it a narrative? I've, I'm not a filmmaker who is necessarily like sticks to just one uh, format. Um, I've done uh, narratives, shorts and commercial work and, you know, worked in corporate uh, video production for a long time, but I like creating uh, the most. Um, And so I'll just be looking for my next project sort of as we, we, I guess, whenever the winding down of this film really comes to fruition, which I'm guessing is probably going to be closer to the end of next year. All right. So I'm big on manifesting. So <laughs> I'm going to say in the future, we're going to, we're going to do a film together one day. Yeah. Okay. Let's I, do it. <laughs> I, have, I have storyboards and, and, and video ideas that I've been thinking about for a long time. Right on. We so, should talk about them then. So we definitely need to, need to talk for sure. Cause yeah. I think like there's so many stories in sports, just like you said earlier that, aren't being told because they aren't the mainstream athletes. Mm-hmm. And and I think we can reach more through the, I'll, I'll say like, like, like just, just like, you know, almost like, almost like, almost like the mid-major athletes. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. sense of how we, we can relate, you know? So I definitely want to talk to you more about that. Cause I think, cause I think like you, you have the, the visual and the knowledge and the, and the, the mindset and just really do some great things. So, cause, and then Kim, is she your co-producer? Yeah. She's our, uh, the co-producer on the film. Shout, shout out to Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Kim. <laughs> we, I, I, I love hearing um, ideas. I love like batting around ideas, you know, expanding on ideas. It's, to me, that's just a really fun process. So we should definitely talk. Definitely. So, so, so when, so when is the ideal release date or, you know, things change, but like when, when should we look to see this out in the fall and the spring or what are we thinking? Yeah. So we'll be wrapping up the film um, by the end of this year. We should really be done um, by the end of November. Um, But the festival circuit really probably really kicks off more in the first part of uh, the year. And so, depending on what festivals we end up getting into, we will be, you know, aiming for some big ones uh, for Q1 of 
since we my business speak, but for the first part, first couple months of, of uh, 2020. Um, and then once we kind of have that proper premiere, then we'll be, you know, working really feverishly to, to not only get other festivals on the docket, but to get those community screenings going. And then also that will really last, you know, up until the end of 2020. Um, and it'll really depend on, you know, like hopefully people are listening to this and they're living in an area of, of, of uh, wherever one of those screenings is taking place. We, you know, I think do a pretty good job on our social media channel as well as our newsletter and kind of keeping people, our audience up to date on uh, what's going on with the movie. And we will definitely be always be posting about whatever screenings we having, we have going on and what cities and dates and all that type of stuff. Um, so there'll be a lot of opportunity uh, next year, starting next year to see the film. And then once all that's wrapped up, uh, we will be getting it um, on streaming. So on VOD. I'm going to introduce you to um, a buddy of mine that I went to school with named, his name is Bryce Cornett. He last, or I guess it was, I guess it was early, early this year. He, he released his own kind of documentary um, that he did with um, a guy in Oklahoma, um, Trevor, his last name is, but there was a documentary called Driven. And, and, and they, they, they kind of did like the whole kind of, you know, um, festival circuit as well. And they won a few awards. Maybe they can kind of give you some tips on how they did it. You know, when you guys yeah. go, go around that route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I love to connect with with, with anybody. So, um, yeah. good news to be if we have some excitement um, from a couple festival organizers already. So I feel pretty good. Uh, like smaller um, mid tier type festival stuff, but uh, but yeah. So of course you know we we also aim big. We we'll be aiming for some of the big uh, festivals. So right, you gotta again. SPs, if you, if you don't go for it, like you're not gonna get it. So got aim for the SPs too. Yeah, SPs. Yeah, I mean, not even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, go, gotta go for the SPs. Yeah, so, that would be awesome. So, so, so when it comes to you know making this thing happen, how how are you all funding it? Uh, great question. Uh, it is a combination of kind of personal investment, and then we actually so we have funded through most of uh, post production, but to kind of get the rest that we need. We are launching a crowdfunding campaign uh, at the beginning of September. So September 2nd, we'll be launching this crowdfunding campaign to really seek all those final finishing funds so that we can complete the final sound mix and complete the final color correction with the footage uh, really being across such a lengthy time period, especially that old stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Some of that old stuff, the you know, the color in it does not look great anymore. Tapes do deteriorate over time, I guess I've learned. So if you don't uh, digitize them early on. Um, so we've been, uh, it's definitely been an effort to try to take that more that archival stuff and, and try to make it um, look better. You know, it's not going to look as good, of course, as the, the new footage, but, but that's all an expense. And so um, that's how we're financing it is, it's, you know, already using the, the uh, personal investments that we have. Um, acquired to date and then we'll be launching this crowdfunding campaign at the beginning of September. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely let, uh, let us know when that launches and we'll, we'll definitely share it out. We share yeah. on some social media and everything. Love that. Yeah. We love it. Everybody, you know, who is excited about this topic, who loves sports, even if you just want to see some, some you know, some, some great action um, in, in the film as well as sort of follow along the 1999 season. Um, I think it's pretty entertaining stuff and, you know, but again, at the end of the day, I think it's really about the message and really hope people um, are excited about it and, and, and want to help us spread the word. We, we've seen great response um, already and just continue to try to grow it so that we can really get it in front of as many people as possible. 
Definitely love it, love it. So a few, a few more questions for you. So, so where can people find more about more, more about you and, and the film? Social media, website, anything like that? Yeah, uh, well, since we all the above. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a website uh, after the game, the movie.com where um, we really encourage people to to go on. Um, you can learn about, you know, the, the film there, um, but also I think the best kind of resource there is just signing up for a newsletter. Um, that's, you can find right there on the, the front page of that, that website. And that's where we release some regular updates um, in terms of what's going on with the film and, you know, what to expect coming up next. Uh, and then we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our Instagram uh, handle is after the game movie. Um, I'll just leave it, I guess, at that one, because that one's probably the e- easiest to, to find and we're most active on uh on instagram we aren't we're of course on twitter and facebook as well but probably not as much as as we are on uh, on instagram awesome awesome and i'll I'll have some links to to everything as well so you can go easily find it and everything and then the last question for you what do you shoot with what kind of camera Mm -hmm. oh uh a canon we shoot on a canon c100 mark ii Ooh, you fancy (laughs) <laughs> it's not yeah well it's a little bit older by you know some filmmaking standards today um but i think it just makes uh, a beautiful image um yeah so I, I i love it i'm i think it's a fantastic camera and i will continue to use it for years and years to come hey i, I had a friend tell me once you know like when i was shooting the camera he was he was like once you decide you can't go back so he was like either you either go can or you go nikon you can't, mm. you, you can't flip flop because those lenses get expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can buy, I think, um, kind of like a little dead. Well, I don't know with Nikon's actually, if there's, you can get like the little adapter rings for them, but, um, yeah, I mean for video, I'm a big Canon fan. I just really like, I just love it's the image sensor and the way, you know, at least for kind of low budget stuff. I mean, um, I do love red, have shot on red, uh, for other projects, uh, in the past, um, and it's, I think it'll just a, a beautiful image as well. Um, a red, what do we use a red Epic, um, in the past. And, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's really about the story and mm-hmm. storytelling. Like, obviously you do want the image to look, to look good. Um, but I remind myself that when I, when I cringe, when I'm looking at some of the old 1999 footage that was shot on high eight, uh, <laughs> so it looks <laughs> just, uh, again, some of it looks fine. Some of it is, um, oh, God, it just makes, makes me shiver a little bit when I see it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then the one last question for you. If you could describe this film, you know, after the game in, like, five adjectives, they can, what would they be? Five, three, to, three to five adjectives, what would they be? Oh, my gosh, that's a really good question. Oh, wow. Uh I bring the heat on last question. I know. I should I should be able to rattle this off the top of my head. It's terrible, right? Um so I, I would say uh inspiring. I think that's probably the first one is like I just really hope this film inspires on a number of levels. Um I would say in, empowering would be another one because I think for for women specifically, like hopefully they they see that sports as a way that can really empower them. Um, you know, everything like sometimes it's like, can I, can I sidebar into a silly little um, example <laughs> around this? So it's like getting, when I was getting my uh, non-sports professional career off the ground and, and working in, in uh, sports broadcasting and, 
you know, one of the ways that I found that I could connect with actually some of my kind of older, uh, more senior peers, uh, was through sports. And that was like actually literally going and playing. Like they happened a bunch of these dudes were, you know, really big basketball fanatics. They had never played in college or anything like that, but they, they had like this regular pickup game that they would play once a week um, at like, uh, you know, whatever, um, a court outdoor court kind of near, near the office. Uh, and so I started joining them and like some of the guys, I kind of crushed them, you know, like they just <laughs> didn't know what hit them. But it was like, it was only through that that they actually, instead of, it should have been like them just gaining respect for my work and, you know, because I did a really good job at work and I did everything, you know, like I, I was a great employee, um, but they didn't care about that. Like what they cared about was that, you know, I could block the crap out of one of those other guys on the other guy team, you know, or that I could shoot consistently or I could rebound. Like that's, it was just sort of the silly little thing, but um, it actually, I think really, really helped in me developing relationships with folks and, and, and actually doing it better uh, as well as giving, giving me confidence um, at that, in that work environment. So it was just, again, it's sort of like a silly little story, but it was a very like direct translation of, of sports into the professional world and building relationships. So um, that's that empowering piece, I think where, you know, they, all of them, like it was, I think the first time any of them actually ever played, uh, basketball against a woman like in their lives at you know this is like the you know, whatever 2000 2001 or whatever um which so it was pretty sad that that was the case i don't think that's going to be the case for most most guys now but um but yeah it was uh some you know i think it, it was empowering so this that was another word um that comes to mind for this for this film okay we can we can leave it at those empowering, <laughs> yeah. empowering and inspiring yeah, we'll say we'll say fun too. I think I think people I think will have fun with this watching this. It's 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 kind of lighthearted. It's not. Uh, I'm I'm not trying to um, you know be a Debbie Downer um, or anything like that. I, you know, I want people to have fun. So. A lighthearted, inspiring, yes, empowering sports mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the adjective. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I love it, and, I, and I, I'm really, I'm really excited to to see it and just really and, and everything that comes out. So, yeah, April, it's been great having you on, and I've been enjoying learning your story, and learning more about this film, and excited to learn more. Yeah, th- no, thanks again so much for for uh, having me on, and I love talking about it. I hope um, you know your listeners check us out after the game, themovie.com, and um, I can't wait to share it with people. Um, I'm just really, really excited about that. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.